Well, I'm excited for what God's been doing in and through our First John series. Who's been here every week since we've been talking about First John? Anyone? All right, a few of you guys. The rest of you are online watching. You're like, I've somewhat been there. Um, the rest of you here, I'm glad you're here. But I, I can't, I don't have time to catch you all the way up. But I felt the Lord as we went into a new year, 2022, that, you know, I'm a very topical preacher. I preach on topics. I preach through different topics. And then we get into God's word around those topics. I felt the Lord kicking into this year saying, go through a book of the Bible verse by verse and let's dissect what God's word is speaking to us. And so every week, the past couple weeks, we've been going through the book of First John, okay? The Bible is amazing, and here's why. The author of this book is living and active. There's no other book that's been under so much persecution. There's no other book that's been trying to been taken out of whole countries. Think about it. Even right now in China with the Olympics being there, think about all the craziness surrounding. I don't know if you've been following some of the Christians over there. I mean, they're shutting churches down because there, there's power in the word of God. Are you with me? There's power. It's not because of what's written here. It's because the author of this book, as you read it, comes alive. You with me? So, we've been looking at the book of 1 John, so if you want to turn there with me this morning, if you got your Bibles, if you don't, you can um, turn there on your smart device, or I brought my Bible this morning, so I'll, um, I'll read and you can listen. But we've been going through verse by verse through the book of 1 John, and today we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4. Now, really quick, some quick background. The apostle John, someone say John, John was a follower of Jesus, John actually walked with Jesus. He beheld Jesus. John starts it off saying that. Remember, the book of 1 John starts off, we beheld Jesus. Like, think about this for a moment. John was an eyewitness of everything Jesus did. When he would touch Jesus, he was literally touching God. Jesus was God manifested in the, someone say flesh. That's what we believe as Christians, and that's what the Bible proclaims. So John beheld Jesus. So when Jesus ascended back to heaven, John is now saying, hey, I'm writing some things, not, not because of this is what others have told me. I'm telling you, I'm an eyewitness. You with me? You ever like watch the crime scene show and you see him sit down with people and they're like an eyewitness of the crime and they're trying to sort it out and draw up what the guy looks like. Tell me exactly what happened. And the lady's like, I've been here for 12 hours, right? I just need a glass of water. John wasn't obviously like that, but he was sharing, I was an eyewitness of what Jesus came to do. And so of a guy who's been with Jesus, how many of you guys know it's important to really take note and take hold of, man, what he's sharing with me is important stuff. You're with me. All of God's word is important. And so we should take 1 John very well important as well. You can go back and re-listen to our whole series online, anywhere you want, on podcasts. But this morning we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse number 1. Someone say verse number 1. I believe as God has something for us this morning. So God, would you speak through your word as we get ready to dive in? God, your word is sharp. God, it's, you say it's like a double-edged sword. God, it pierces through our thoughts and gives us God's thoughts. It gives us your heart. It changes us, Father. God, every person in this room online this morning, God, we don't need to become like other things. We need to become more like you. So Father, as we read your word this morning, would you convict us in areas we need to be convicted? God, in areas where we need to be better sharpened, let us become better sharpened for the days we live in, God. We need your Holy Spirit as our guide. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people say, amen, amen. First John chapter 4, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. 
The Spirit there is the word pneuma. Remember, I've been telling you guys through this um, passage, the Holy Spirit is not actually in the Bible. It's the word pneuma. God is three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is a part of God. And so people ask all the time, when I get to heaven, will I see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? Well, obviously there's a God because we read in the Old Testament about Moses seeing God, right, the backside of God. Then there's Jesus who was manifested in the flesh. And then Jesus ascended up to heaven. So there's God and Jesus both in heaven right now, but his spirit is on earth. And that's how we understand God and his word comes alive. And so this word spirit here is the third person of God that John's talking about. So he's saying, don't don't claim, so let me start over. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. So that Spirit is someone say the Spirit of God. Okay, so that means there's another Spirit at work. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if we have the Spirit of God. So John's going to give us the reason of how we can test to know what spirit we have. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Someone say a real body. That's crucial as a believer. you got to understand the, the, the foundations of what you stand. That Jesus came in a real body. That person has the Spirit of God. Verse 3. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist. What you have heard is coming into the world and is indeed is already here. I'm going to pause there for a moment. We'll pick up in verse 4 in just a moment, but I want to try to address some of this that we can better understand it. So John's sharing that there's a spirit of God that God gives to those who are rebirthed in Christ. So when you get saved... This is, I want, I want you to catch this right now because this is hard to understand. And if you allow your understanding of God to be all mental, you're going to miss out on what God wants to do. Because a lot of what God does is not so in your mind trying to figure it out. It's in your heart as he's transforming. You with me? Because some things you won't fully understand. And so what God's saying is when I give you my spirit as a believer, it's the confidence that I'm in you. You with me? But what you have to be careful is, in a world and a society that John was living in and that we live in, there's people that, that will come that are not of Christ but can, can sound very convincing. You ever, you ever been around maybe people like that? That they sound very convincing, like, like you, you watch them and you say, wow, you know, they're, they're, they may even mention Jesus once in a while. They may even mention God. Or, but but their, their, their life, their, their foundation isn't the word of God. They're speaking from a human standpoint. And so what John's saying is there's an antichrist spirit. You know what anti means? Yeah, opposite. Everything opposite of God. So you have to be careful that when you're following God as a believer, that you align everything with his, someone say his word. Just because someone tells you something, should you always believe it? Okay, let's, let's rephrase that. If someone says, and you meet them on the street, hi, I'm pastor so-and-so, and I felt the Lord, you know, I need to tell you this, and they start sharing some stuff with you, and, and you're listening, and it sounds convincing, but then you go back to the word of God, and what they had said contradicts the word of God. What one should you believe? The word of God, okay? So everything you hear, it's important. I want you to catch this now. I really need you to catch this. The word of God is the foundation. It's the final authority. Are you with me? 
Okay? So as a Christian, it's important that you're reading this every day. Now, the importance of reading it every day is that you're being fed spiritually. But watch this, okay? It helps you understand what's truth and what's a lie. Okay? So John's saying there's an antichrist spirit in his time that was coming alive. Now, there's a, there's a final antichrist. The book of Revelation, Daniel, talk about this antichrist. Revelation actually says the word antichrist a few times. Daniel calls it the abomination that causes desolation. It's the same person, but they're using two different figures of speech to explain it. And this antichrist will rise on the scene, and he will convince a lot of people that he himself is God. And this is, this is as the world begins to wind down. You see, our world has an end date. You read the book of Revelation, and maybe one day we'll go through a study of the book of Revelation together. But the world is, is ticking down to an end point. You with me? The world's not meant to live forever. Because there's sin in the world, there is destruction. That's why there's death. That's why we see the whole things destroying each other. Why? Because there's death and destruction, but God promised that he's going to restore everything. But until he restores it, there's the spirit of God working in people, and there's the spirit of the Antichrist trying to destroy people. Okay? You following me? So you have to be careful that you're studying in the word of God, that your life is being built on him, like you got to have a prayer life, because you will be easily deceived in this hour if you're not careful. You will follow some swift teaching. And I want to tell you this. The book of Revelation says the Antichrist that one day comes on the scene, he'll actually perform miracles. And people will be persuaded, no, he really is God. Look at what he's doing. But he's actually the complete opposite. Everything he says, everything he does is completely against the word of God. He begins to go after Christians and persecute them. So you, you understand, you can't just believe something because you hear it. Just because you watch it on TV and he says, wow, they, they lure me right in. That sounds so good. Go to the word of God. Can what they back up and say, is it, are you with me? Is it in the book? Because if it isn't, they know what we need to do. You need to write it off and say, God's word is my final standard. You're with me? That's the lens in which I view everything. When I'm talking with people, when I'm having conversations, I don't care if they got a doctor in 60 million degrees and a theologian in this and this or that. I mean, it's fun to, to hear the knowledge, but knowledge means nothing if the word of God isn't flowing through the truth of what they're saying. You're with me? I know I'm kind of getting a little deep here, but I really want to help your understanding. Because in John's day, if there was people claiming that, that, that they had the, this, this knowledge. And I want to tell you, there's even religions out there where people had gotten a special knowledge, okay? You know what I'm talking about? They're, they're, um, is it the Mormons with Joseph Smith, right? That he got this special knowledge, and, and God came to him, and, and he wrote it all down, and, and, and now, you know, whole thousands upon thousands, if not millions of people are being persuaded, and in a way, they're believing a lie. You with me? God's word is authority, and I don't believe someone because they say something. I align that every word I say, you know what you should do? Go to God's word. You're with me. That's why I encourage you. Bring your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one. Like, use God's word as the ultimate authority. Because here's the problem. Today, as my wife was saying earlier, or was it Logan? It was one of them. They were sharing how most people, they belong to a church, and they just sit back, and every word, whoever's preaching, they say, that's my truth. And they go home. Next Sunday comes, every word they say, that's my truth. The problem is there's no foundation in God's word. You with me? They have no foundation. Like, you need to have a foundation in God's word. So when someone's speaking to you, you know, uh, that, that's not truth. Are you with me? That's not, you need to know what's truth and what's not. So there's an antichrist spirit 
that's coming on the scene, and is that and he's here. John was saying, and in our world today, there's a system against God. There's a system against God. You have to be careful. You do not get caught in the current against God. Verse four. But you belong to God. So John's writing to Christians right here. He's specifically saying you. Someone say me. If you're a believer, you've accepted Christ and you're following him. So John's saying, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you, someone say that spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. That's not the Antichrist spirit now as a believer. That's the Holy Spirit. The, the, the Holy Spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. I love this. Don't you love this? That gives me confidence that as a believer, though the world may get it be getting darker and more ignorant and, and anti-God and anti-this and, 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 and hating everything of God, the Holy Spirit, if it's alive in me, it's greater than the spirit in this world. That's why you got to be careful. As a believer, you don't allow things to own you and become your identity. You with me? You have to be careful because the Antichrist spirit is everything against God. So they'll try to, try to put things on you, and you begin to confess, well, that's what I am now. This is what I am. And I hear so many believers, they walk in a defeated life. They don't realize the Holy Spirit is in you. And he's greater. He's so much greater. And if he's in you, then that means you have to be careful the words you acknowledge, the things you say. You with me? You got to be careful what you allow just to come on you. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. Because the Holy Spirit and the life of a believer is powerful. And he's greater than the systems of this world. So God will help you and be your guide. He'll help you in raising your kids in the way they should. You with me? He'll help you as a grandparent. He'll help you as a single person. To, you with me? He'll help you in every area of the life because he's greater than the system of this world. So if you're spending time with God and he's your focus and you're growing in God, then watch this. You'll understand even though a system, a world set, a mind view may be trying to get in you, it won't grab a hold of you because you realize who you are. You with me? And that's a hard, it's, it's a hard thing that, that, the, that the world, it tries to constantly, every single day, pour its agenda, pour its things on you. And that's why, especially as parents in the room, every day be praying over your kids. Every day be leading in a way that says, God, help me lead my kids in a way that will honor you. That they'll understand that the Spirit of God's in them. And they won't be transformed just because some person says something. Are you with me? but they'll understand the Spirit of God in them is greater. So they're not going to be the, 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 um, the temperature in the room is not going to gauge them. They're going to be like the thermometer. They're going to be that person that sets the tone. you with me. That's what I pray. I remember my parents used to pray over me. Every day I'd go off to school. My mom, as I was getting out the door, you know, I'm just trying to get out the door, and she'd be praying, Lord, I pray, hallelujah, that he would be that person. Let him set the tone. You know what I'm saying? Because she knew in the world you live in, it's easy just to adapt, right? It's easy just to adapt. Oh, my friend Jimmy, he cusses a lot. And so I, I, I just need to cuss to, 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 to you know, I, I don't want to come out that I'm a believer. Like, it's just easy to adapt to your environment. But a Christian, God at work in you, the way you can tell that is that you understand that's not of God. And I don't conform to the patterns of this world, the Bible says. It says, be ye transformed. But you belong to God, my dear friends. Verse 5, those people belong to this world. Whose people? The people of the Antichrist. People who aren't of God. They belong to this world. Someone say the world. 
These people belong to the world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. So, th- so right there is a so important thing right there you need to understand. The world has a viewpoint, and people that speak of the world, people are attracted to it. God and his message isn't always going to be the most popular thing. People don't always want God's standard in their life. You with me? There's a world that doesn't want God's standard. But you can't, you can't just say, well, I'm not going to do my duty anymore. No, you need to understand God's put me in this place. God's put you in your family. God's put you in, at that work. God's put you in that environment, not to become like the world, but to understand God's given me his spirit, which is greater than the spirit of this world, so I can set the tone. doesn't mean I'm blasting everyone for sin, but it means, you know what? They should know who you are as a Christian. You know what I'm saying? They should know you that you love them unconditionally, but they should also know, too, that God's word is the authority. Yeah, are you with me? God's word is the authority. And so if the world doesn't want to listen to you, don't get disappointed or angry. Because John's saying, they're of the world. You with me? Yeah, they're lost, so you, you, can't, you can't get upset. Man, I tried to preach my heart out, and they just didn't want to hear it. Well, you planted some seeds. Keep on praying. You're with me. Keep praying. Keep believing. But don't get disappointed, because in a world that's moving further away from God, we got to continue to be the hands and feet of God, be in his world. Keep the standard the standard. you with me. Not lower it. But we belong to God, and those who know God listen to us. So now John's saying, those that belong to God, which are those in the room this morning that are saved, those watching online that are saved, you belong to God, so the word of God, it resonates to you. you with me? It speaks to you. It brings life to you. And, and because you belong to God, those who know God listen to what God has to say. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. So John's saying, they won't listen to me because they don't belong of God. This is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. So I want to I encourage you this morning with this. If you're not growing in God's word, if you're reading and you're not understanding, if, if there's a moment, you need to pause for a moment, and, and the spirit of God helps you understand everything of God. You with me? God's spirit as a believer living in you helps you understand things. And so what you need to do is you need to ask the Lord, say, Lord, help me, to, like if there's things in my life, sometimes sin blocks understanding. You with me? If you're constantly sinning, then that's booting out the Spirit of God in your life. If there's temptation and your mind's filled with temptation, it may not be sinning, but it's just always thinking about temptation, then the Spirit of God, there's a war going on. And that's why sometimes people have a hard time gaining truth from God's Word because something isn't right. So what you have to do is before you read God's word, you need, to, you need to clear all that out. God, if there's sin in my life, and you know sometimes the Lord may bring it to your mind. You know what, Lord, you're right. What I did there, that action, that was sinful. Lord, I repent of it. God, I repent. I'm sorry. Lord, will you for, you with me. As a believer, every day, you're renewing your mind, renewing your heart. And as you do that, here's what's the beautiful thing. God begins to transform you, and his spirit helps you understand his truth, and you receive it. Because the world doesn't want the things of God. But a believer says, come on, give me everything God has. Amen? amen. Come on, amen? Amen. All right. So now what I'm going to do in the, you know, tomorrow's Valentine's Day, right? Okay, no one knows that. All right. News for everyone in the room. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Um, all the husbands in the room are like, oh, snap, i got to go do something. Um, what I want to do is, now that I, I got through that, that portion of it, I want to, open something up to your eyes this morning to help you understand the love of God. So we shared last week about the love of God and verse uh, chapter four, verses seven, pretty much to the end of chapter four, 
begins to talk about the love of God. And, and I want to help you understand how God's love is and how it runs. And so if you could go to my next slide, Luke, and I, I want to lay this out for you to help you understand the love of God. So the definition of love, John's going to go out in verse 8. He's going to talk about the definition of love, which is God. Someone say God. All right, so watch this. Let me read this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love God does not know God. Watch this. For God is what? Love. So God is love. God, God's nature is love. His character is love. Now, what you need to understand is love is an action. And when love, lo love basically is extended one way, and it, and it doesn't force you, it, it, it just desires a response back. You with me? True love does not force you to do something. It's just, it's a one-way flow, and it desires something back. So that's why you got to understand, in a world, in a society we live in, there's sin in the world. Sin separates you from who? From God. God is love, so God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But here's the stipulation. The only way to fully receive the love of God is when you call on Jesus, receive through salvation, it becomes real to you. If it doesn't become real, here's the thing. You won't look at God as love. You ever, you ever met someone that said, how can you serve God? He hates this world. He kills innocent people. You with me? You ever, you ever, I've been in plenty of debates and, and plenty of discussions with people. Because here's the reality. As a believer, when you come into the knowledge that God is love, you understand how merciful he is over our life. Like when you're a sinner, think about this. You're everything opposite of God. So God should actually just hate you and write you off, right? Sin separates you from God. So as a sinner, God should just say, you don't want me? Okay, moving on. And there was a few times God was at the verge of doing that, right? The book of in Genesis, very early on with Noah, the whole world became sinful. But there was one man in his family that the God, God found them righteous. So you got to understand God's nature is love. His love extends to anyone who receives it. So the reality is, is if you live this life and push God's love away, then when you die, you'll understand, whoa, God's real. But it's already going to be too late because God extended his love in this life that when you die, you can receive fully his eternal salvation in heaven. You're with me as the reward of receiving his love. So number one, God is love. The definition of love is God. So you have to be careful that you don't replace that definition by anything else. Now, we live in a world that desires love, right? I've seen it in so many different ways. Did you know there's apps nowadays where you can, like, hook up with people for, for a one-night thing or a one-night fling, and it's just because the world is desiring this affectionate love. I want to tell you, they're desiring it so strong. But here's the thing. Who created love? God did. He's the definition of love. So when you search high and low for love, you're falling into the trap that the enemy, the Antichrist, says, I got you. You with me? Because it's a false representation. The enemy counterfeits what God already creates. You remember me sharing that a few weeks back? God creates things. God created love. What does the enemy do? He distorts it, and he tries to throw it back at you as a counterfeit. So God creates love, and he says, this is how love should be. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then love your neighbor as yourself. But what happens is, is the world distorts it. 
And then you have people hating each other. You have people angry. You have, you have marriages a wreck in, in disorder. You have kids hating their family. And you look at the world and you say, man, our world is in complete chaos. Yes, because when God's not the foundation, it's not love running the home. It's not love running. You with me? It's this, it's this anti-Christ love that's a false affection. I'm not saying two people can't love each other that aren't Christians. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying when God's love isn't fully manifested in you, you're not fully understanding what love is all about. You with me? So God is love. Someone say God is love. That's who he is. So the definition of love is God. The world does not set the definition. Are you with me? You have to be careful in the world we live in, and this is more that antichrist spirit where, where, oh, you feel like loving someone, just go love them, just go do it if it's in your heart. And that's not love. That's just this, this emotional affection you're running off of. And you're going, to be, you're going to be in a place of a slippery slope. You with me? The definition of love is God. And you have to be careful you guard your heart. Because God's word defines what love is. So God is love. So the next part is, and you see how I'm putting the three, God, God, Jesus, and the Spirit, I'm displaying how God's love happens in our life. So the definition of love is God. The manifestation of love is someone say Jesus. So God is love. Then God demonstrated, he manifested his love through his one and only son, Jesus. Okay, let's keep reading. We'll get down to verse 9. God showed how much he loved us by sending his what? One and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through who? Through him. So God is love. And all through the history of the Bible, all through history, God's trying to demonstrate his love. But time and time again, people reject it. They toss it to the side. They could care less about God's love. So God finally, he demonstrates it. He brings the end to the death of sin, sending his son into the world. The Bible says that while me and you were still sinners, Christ died. Someone say died. He died for us. And so God didn't just set the standard of love. He demonstrated it. You following me? Now, that's a big difference, isn't it? You can say someone loves you all day long, but if they don't show demonstration, that love is just a mouthful. You with me? Oh, you're just a mouthful of love. That's all you are. You ever met someone like that? Man, you're just a mouthful of love. That's all you are. You don't have any demonstration of it. Love is, is, is an action. It's this demonstration. You know, every other religion you, you, you even know about on earth or you read about and you study. I got this massive book and, and right now going through and, 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 it's, and it's sharing different religions and aligning it with God's word and it's showing how, how distorted an antichrist spirit has led people so far away from God. Because all the other religions, it's based on one idea, one ideology, or one person. And there's no even really love or association of love. It's this demand. If you're going to be part of us, this is what you got to do. Got to do this, this, this. It's regimented. But God says, my love extends, and his love is what draws us to repentance. You with me? His love draws us. So how does his love draw us? Well, it was manifested through someone say Jesus. So we have the definition of love, which is God. We have the manifestation, God acting on that love by sending Jesus. Now I want to keep reading. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friend, someone say, dear friend. Since God loved us that much, how much? That much. We surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. 
And his love is brought to full expression in us. So how is the love of God when it's not just the standard, but it's when it's manifested in our life? It's the way we love each other, right? It's the way you love someone that hates you. And I shared about this last week. It's the way God's love is demonstrated. How will the world know that we're followers of Jesus? Not because we can ridicule and tear people apart. It's that man. I, I can, even though you are far from God, my love extends just like God's love extended to me. You with me? And so I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going I'm to stand on God's word. I'm not going to shift me because I love you so much, and most people will do this. You know, I, I love you, so I just got to adopt your, your views and, and be like you. No, no, no. You stay on the side of God and in his truth, but you extend love. And that's, I want to tell you, that's how a lot of people who are far from God come to the knowledge of God. Because they say, man, like, like I'm everything anti-God, but yet there's something still about you that will keep reaching out to me. And what do they see? They see God in you. Because God is the definition of what? Love. And the way we show that is by what we've received from Jesus, his love. It was manifested. And God gave us his spirit as proof. Someone say his proof. That we live in him and he in us. So we have the definition of love, which is God. The manifestation of love, which is Jesus coming. Dying on the cross, rising again to take away the sins of the world. And then we have this final one, the perfection of love. Someone say the perfection. And it's the spirit of God at work in the life of a believer. So isn't this a beautiful thing? Are you catching today? Like in the season of love and in this day of love, tomorrow, you know, the most flowers will be sold and all these things to, to, to give love. And it's a cool thing that, to have, you know, the emotion of love. But you first have to understand the definition of love isn't the standard of what others say or what the best Hollywood movie says or what the best song written about love is. The standard of love is God because he is love. You with me? And he showed that love by sending his son to this earth to die for us. That was his, that was his action. You with me? He didn't just say, I'm love, I'm love. He demonstrated it. And because he demonstrated it, he didn't just take Jesus back up to heaven and say, now love me. He gave us his spirit. And one of the fruits that the spirit will bear in the life of a believer. How do you test you have the spirit of God? Well, how do you love? Especially other believers. You with me? How do you love the family of Christ? How do you love those who hate you? Oh, pastor, I want to. Right? Like the love of God's perfected in the life of someone by the demonstration. You ever had someone super just tick you off and you were like, I could never doesn't mean you have to be best buddies with them, but it means a love knows how to forgive. Think about this. When you were a sinner, everything you did was against God. And when God loved you by, and you came to the knowledge of Christ and you gave your life to him, God forgave in a moment everything you ever did. What? Like every sin that you did that broke God's heart, that was a part of an antichrist spirit, in a moment, God forgave it. And if God forgave us of all of our junk, how much more when we're extending love do we forgive those who have done stuff against us? Because what we should always understand is this, is before I go and, and, and begin to ridicule and, and, and get on someone because they, they are my worst enemy, I need to first reflect on, but I was God's worst enemy at one point because of my sin. And yet his love found me. It saved me. And it cast all the things I've done against God. It forgave it. And if God can forgive it, how much more should we understand forgiveness in the life of a believer? You're with me. So how will the world know in this hour who believers are? 
Not because you blend in. It's because you're standing on God's truth and you know how to love. A genuine love. Someone say genuine. A genuine love. Verse 14, furthermore, we have seen with our eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. So John's saying, I literally saw Jesus. I testified of it. You follow me? He's an eyewitness of it. Verse 15, all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God, having God living in them, they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. Isn't that a beautiful thing? We put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in him live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more and more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can, we can face him with confidence. Someone say confidence. Because we live like Jesus here in this world. Verse 18, such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are, we're, if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. See, when you experience God's perfect love, and I'm, I'm wrapping this plane up. I just want you to catch this this morning. When you experience God's perfect love, his salvation, there's no more, there's no more fear of, of the wrath to come. You with me? God loves his children. And as you follow and walk with him, you don't have to fear even the days ahead. You don't need to fear the obstacles ahead. You don't need to fear even right now in your own life. If there's, you with me? If there's things you're afraid of, then what you need to do is examine and say, God, but your perfect love is in me. And if, I'm not fully, if I've not fully understood that love, help me. Because that love conquers, the Bible says, all fear. And I love what the uh, New Living Translation says. It says that perfect love expels fear. You with me? It expels it. I don't need to be afraid of judgment. I don't need to be afraid of one day that I will die. I need to understand God's love keeps me right now. And when I die, it will hold on to me for eternity. You with me? So you need to be careful that in a society that we live in, that it's easy to allow the fear of death and the fear of this. I'm not saying, you know, today, the reality is we don't know when our last breath will be. And I share this a lot. So we need to live like Jesus right now. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. But you need to live in a place of love because love will expel things in your life that aren't of God. You with me? If you have fear in your life, love will expel it. If there's, if there's, if there's nervousness about things, love will expel it because perfect love casts out all fear. You with me this morning? Perfect love casts out all fear. You know, I've been by the bedside of many believers who, you know, died and went on to be with the Lord. And I've been with many non-believers who didn't know the Lord and on their deathbed, it's, it's real time. And you know what I've noticed and observed over the years as a pastor is those that know the Lord, there's not a fear of death. There's a peace over them. I've walked in rooms where they're a believer and their whole family is unsaved. The whole family's going nuts. They got doctors. In, I mean, they are just going nuts. And, and, and the believer in the bed, there's just a calm peace. And I would walk up to them, and, and I knew the family wasn't saved, and I'd just begin to pray. And one lady in particular, this is back when I was a youth pastor, I had to go visit her. My dad was out of town, and I went and visited her. And she just asked, Pastor, could you just sing with me? She said, I always just wanted to go to be with the Lord just singing. And she could barely talk, and, you know, I can't even sing. You know, you heard me sing. I'm like, 
I don't think you want me to sing because it's going to really make your unbelieving family not want to believe, okay? But I was like, I'll try, and I kind of got close to her, so you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't <laughs> sing her aloud, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just this beautiful thing where there was chaos. There's fear is not the perfect love of God. So a family who does not know God is, we're, we're, gonna, we're losing her. We're losing her. Like, like they're thinking about all the time they've lost and, and how can we, but, but when there's, and I'm not saying there's maybe things that there can be done, but there's just this peace, overwhelming peace. And, I, and I'll never forget, you know, in moments like that, I've seen different family members come to know God because of that love that they've, that person received and that peace they had. You with me? There was no fear of dying in this life because they received fully God's love. Because perfect love does what? Someone say it expels. It expels all fear. There's not a fear to die. Do you want to live? Yes. But like Paul said, to live is gain and to die is gain. He, Paul said at one point, he said, I don't know what's better. He said, it's best for you that I'm here, but I want to go be with God. Because <laughs> he was facing trial and, and, you know, his life was on the line every day. Man, how can the enemy destroy someone who fully has God's perfect love in them? You with me? Because you don't walk around fear of punishment because I'm saved and I'm living like Christ. You with me? So I have his peace in me. I have his joy, his love in me. And it's producing something beautiful. And the world around you right now, I want to tell you, is desiring that. There's a world around you that is, that is terrified of the life to come. You with me? Like I said, I've been on dying beds of people that are not believers. And they, I mean, with all their strength left, are saying, is what you said to me real? Why? Because everything else, if it wasn't of God, it didn't build a foundation in their life. But man, when the truth and the perfect love of God's revealed to a person, they understand, I, I need that. And that's what your coworkers, your family needs. Are you with me? We need to be a church that, that doesn't just know the definition of love, doesn't just understand the manifestation of the love through Jesus, but we've received it and now we're perfecting it as the Spirit's leading us to love others and to be that example to others. Amen? I'm going to read us out here. Final out. Tommy, you can come and get ready. Such love expels fear. We love each other because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we do not love people, we can see how, we can, how can we love God, whom we cannot see. And he has given us a spirit that commands us, those who love God must also love their fellow believer. So how can we love? Well, you and I, we can't. We're humans. But God is love. And when God's spirit's working in us, we can do it. You with me? How are you going to test if God's spirit's in you? Well, how, how do you love others? How do, how, do, how do genuinely, and that's why the body of Christ in this hour is so important. We love each other and we build each other up. We strengthen each other. When a fellow believer is down, hey, I'm going to love and help bring you. Like, like that's our job. That's our calling. The way God's spirit is manifested in the believer is how you love. Now, yes, God is judge, a just God. 
But God also, his will is that no one would perish. And so as a believer, you become a missionary the minute you get saved. You become a demonstration of God's love to others. You become a demonstration of his working power in your life. You become a living, walking testimony to others. And I want to challenge you. If people around you aren't seeing that, ask God to give you greater awareness and boldness. God, give me, are you with me? God, increase your, your awareness in my life that people around me, people that surround me will be um, attached, not to me, but to what you're doing through me. You're with me. Like, I, I don't, I, we don't have time to wait. I was thinking about that, you know, just a few days ago. I'm like, we don't have time to waste anymore. God wants to fill you with his love so that you can be the greatest demonstration of it to the world. You with me? Will you pray with me this morning? I'm going to have Tommy lead us out just in a song and that we can personally reflect and we can most importantly lock in this morning what the Spirit of God speaking to us. But what you and I need to understand is this. The definition of love is God. And is God number one in your life? Is He your Savior? Is He your hope for tomorrow? Is He your hope for eternity? Because if He's not, you're going to have a fear in the back of your mind wondering, man, if I would die today, I, I don't know if I'm right with God. And if that's what you're wrestling with, I want to challenge you. You're most likely not right with God because a believer has a confidence. Remember, one of John's points of writing this was this assurance of salvation in Christ. Or maybe you were once walking with God firmly and then you fell away. That, that sin got in and you started letting sin separate you from God. And right now you're living a life opposed of God. You're making decisions right now that do not please God. And God is love. And so the decisions you're making are probably reflecting love that you desire. You know, a lot of times sin, it's, it's reflecting a deep void in us. And we're trying to get it filled through, through love and through satisfaction, through other people's opinions, through what other people desire of us. And we're trying to give it, give it this thing away that we can get love from others. But God said, I am love. And I sent my only son as the demonstration of that love. That whosoever would believe in me shall not die but will live. Well, pastor, you just said we'll all die. Yeah, because the reality is all of us will die, Christian and non-Christian. But the word life there is, I want you to catch this. It's a beautiful thing. I'm, I pray this as a revelation to someone. That word life there is coinciding the same pneuma life that the Spirit of God gives. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Basically, that word life, it's living in you now as the Spirit of God. And one day when you and I die, it's that same life that will be in heaven for eternity with Christ. You with me? That same eternal life through the Spirit of God, that pneuma life will come in you now. And you'll have assurance as you walk with God. I'm not going to fear what's ahead. I'm not going to fear different things that will try to come my way. Because perfect love expels it. And I have that pneuma assurance, that Spirit of God in me. It will hold me. It will keep me. It will walk with me. And so if you're not right with God this morning, you're playing with sin, you're playing with temptation, this, the enemy's bound you. I want to pray with you this morning, right now. I believe there's people in this building, those watching online, you need that salvation. The Spirit of God's drawing you. You can feel that pneuma spirit. It's drawing you. And here's the thing. Remember, God's love is a one-way direction. It extends to someone. It's up to us. Do we receive it? Or do we push it away and reject it? And that's real love. It gives you the choice. It gives you and I that choice. So if you need that love this morning and God's stirring your spirit, I want you to pray with me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. God, all the sin, all the junk I've allowed in, would you come and forgive me? God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So thank you for your son, Jesus. 
that you sent as a manifestation of your love. And so I receive it by faith. And I thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name. And if you said that prayer this morning, the most beautiful thing happened. That pneuma spirit, guess what happened? It just came into you. It just gave you life. Not the, not the spirit of death. It gave you life. Choose life. And he just gave it to you. Now, if you're in this room and you're a Christian and you're, ba- you're, you're battling, maybe you're battling, you're having a tough time loving others. You're, you're battling having a tough time holding on to God's love because you're bound by what other people think about you. And this morning, God wants to break that off of you because his perfect love holds you. It gives you confidence. And I just want to, as Tommy sings this morning, I just, I want to pray for you. If that's you in the room and you say, Pastor, that's me. As Tommy sings, you can come forward and I'll pray. But I want to be specific today because I felt, you know, there, there's people that battle with this reality that God loves you, that he truly loves you. It's not a love with stipulation. When he forgave your sin, he cast it as far as the east is from the left. That love is perfected in us through his spirit. And sometimes the enemy tries to battle with us. Like, I'm, you know, like the, that, because that's one of the greatest antichrist spirits is the enemy tries to get in your head, right? Oh, but all the things I did, God couldn't really, God couldn't. And that's what he, he gets the, the real plan. But when that spirit of God begins to fully display his love in you and you fully begin to grip it, you begin to walk in a stronger way, a more powerful way. You with me? So Tommy, I'm going to let him sing. And if you need prayer this morning over that reality of God's love, you're battling with it this morning. I'm going to pray for you. I believe there's a, a strong spirit, a Holy Spirit in the room that wants to break that and reveal God's truth of his perfected love. Amen. Come on, will you stand with me this morning as Tommy leads us out? And if you need prayer this morning over this, I want to pray for you. Jaira, you are enough. Jaira, you are enough. And I will be content in every circumstance. Jaira, you are enough, forever enough, always enough, more than enough. You're forever enough, always enough, more than enough.